What is the cloud? It's not just pie in the sky anymore. SAP presents In the Cloud with Game Changers with your host, Bonnie D. Graham. Are you in the cloud yet? If you are, do you know how to maximize its potential? Get ready for an hour of innovations and innovators who will explain how they are using the cloud. Find out how to make it work for you or work more effectively for you. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Okay, we all have those game-changing moments where we remember exactly where we were. I have a question for you. Where were you at 1026 a.m. GMT on January 22nd, 2011? That's right, 1026 in the morning, General Mountain Time, January 22 last year. Okay, I'll tell you why it's important to remember. Because that's when the 10 billionth app was downloaded from the Apple App Store. And Apple's iconic success, we all know about it. It paved the way for how your business, and more importantly, your employees are now able to access software. I want to tell you what the experts have to say about this. Alan Lepofsky notes... Via the App Store and the There's an App for That marketing campaign, Apple rapidly changed the way people add features and functions to their mobile devices. Now, keep that in mind, mobile devices. Now, that same approach is making inroads in the business world. We'll talk to Alan in a minute and find out exactly what he meant by that. Adrian Drury chimes in, and he says, The growing adoption of the App Store application distribution Retail and merchandising UI model, that's a mouthful, speaks to the opportunity these devices present to the application service providers, and here's the crux, to allow any employee to self-select their own stack of productivity-focused applications to use in the workplace. That's where we're going to go with this and more from Adrian in a minute. And Dan Maloney quotes Netscape co-founder Mark Andreessen, who had a Wall Street Journal WSJ.com blog that was entitled, Why Software is Eating the World? Great quote from Dan. So stick with us for the next hour here as we explore a new mantra for businesses today. Shop the cloud, the rise of enterprise app stores. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome. Welcome to In the Cloud with Game Changers, and we certainly have a great game-changing topic for you today. I'm sure you want to hear who my guests are. Let's hear their voices, and then we'll hear their point of view. So let me do a quick introduction. They'll each say hello, and then we'll dive into our topic. Alan Lepofsky is VP and Principal Analyst at Constellation Research, Inc. As one of the lead analysts on Constellation's research theme, The Future of Work, Alan focuses on how enterprise collaboration software and social business software will talk about that too, can help get people get work done. Alan is an active blogger and speaker in the Enterprise 2.0 social business community. Alan, welcome to In the Cloud. How are you today? Hi, Bonnie. I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me on today, and thank you to all the listeners out there that have joined us. Wonderful, wonderful. Glad, glad to hear your voice, and we'll be talking to you in a moment about that very pithy quote you provided me. Well, that's going to start us off on our topic. Adrian Drury is a return guest. He was also on our Coffee Break with Game Changers show. Adrian leads Ovum's consumer IT and integrated media team. He covers the impact of IT consumerization on the engagement model for enterprises with their employees their customers, and the opportunity for industry value chain reengineering. He also leads the OVA media and broadcast tech team. Welcome back, Adrian. How are you today? Very good. Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks very much for having me back on the show. Good to be on. 
Wonderful. We're delighted. We're getting a little echo on you. We might go back on your speaker. Not sure. But for right now, just stay where you are. And Dan Maloney is SAP Global VP of eChannels. Dan is responsible for driving online sales via the SAP store and setting strategy and direction for the eChannels organization. Dan oversees business development and growth of the online channel or app store. That's one word, A-P-P-S-T-O-R-E at SAP. Dan Maloney, SAP, welcome to In the Cloud. How are you? I'm doing great, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. My pleasure. So we have Alan, Adrian, and Dan, and I'm going to remember all of your names the best I can. Let's dig in. Alan Lepofsky via the App Store and the There's an App for That Marketing campaign. Apple just changed the world. So talk to me. That's a That was a, a something that became a mantra, wasn't it? There's an app for that. Who doesn't know that phrase today, Alan? Talk to me. <laughs> yeah, it definitely <laughs> has become part of our, our daily nomenclature. You see people walking around staring at their their devices, whether it's their phone or their iPads. And uh, if there's something you need to do, oh, I need to quickly find my way there, oh, you grab a navigation app. If you need to find a movie time, you just go and, and grab a movie time application. There's in, in some ways, people have stopped surfing to web pages and in many cases are using specific applications to get uh, individual tasks done. So we're becoming an app culture, some people have to say. Now, when we opened up the doors with BYOD, bring your own device to work, and I'm not sure whether companies opened the door or employees banged down the door and said, hello, I love my tablet, I love my iPhone, my Android, I'm bringing it to work, so what are you going to do about it? And you all know more about that that culture change than I do, that the tsunami wave, if you will. Uh, when did we morph over from personal apps to productivity apps, Alan? Just tell me a little more. Well, that's exactly what's happening. Just like the cases of what email tools we use or what social network tools we use, we start to use these things in our personal lives, and then we always want them over at work. So now that's happening with applications. People are, do not want to deal with, you know, their enterprise IT organizations where every three years you get, you know, a new laptop and an OS refresh with some new versions of software. They're like, at home, I instantly can just get a new updated version. I want to be able to do that at work. And so there's sort of three specific ways enterprises are are able to deliver these applications to people. There's OS-specific applications, so specific for the type of device they have, whether it's an iPhone or Android. There's product-specific application stores. That's a big area that I focus. So tools like a Jive software or Box software or Atlassian's Confluence software, you know, they have app stores built into them that allow you Mm. to add or augment features that they didn't have. And then very quickly, the third type would be inside an organization that the company has an app store internally just for their employees that spans number one and two. It's device independent. It's product independent. Instead, it says, you know, here are the categories of software we give you. Here are the productivity tools. Here are the customer relationship tools. Here are the financial tools. And so, you know, employees can just quickly go up to their intranet and say, no matter what device I have, no matter which product we're using, here I can get a new and updated version, and I don't have to wait for that, you know, three-year refresh. Sounds like a beautiful thing to me, and let's bring Adrian Drury into the conversation. Adrian says, talks about the App Store application distribution retail and merchandising UI model, and also talks about asking employees or empowering them to self-select their own productivity-focused apps. Adrian, talk to me a little bit about your perspective on shopping the cloud, please. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, let's go back one step and just put this in the context of BYOD. So what is BYOD? BYOD is where we're seeing employees bring their own hardware into the workplace because they're getting the tools 
just that they feel they want to be able to use day-to-day through the channel that isn't the traditional IT department, that they're getting that through the traditional consumer retail channels. And we've seen this a lot over the last 18 months, and we've seen businesses react to that and begin to enable employees to access their email um, on their own devices. Really, the enterprise application store trend is the logical extension of that, where we have a situation in which IT departments are having to react and manage employees effectively self-selecting their own applications. And as Alan was saying, line of business owners, employees are discovering applications in a consumer context, bringing those into the workplace, or potentially self-selecting them through other app stores. An enterprise application store provides IT with an ability to provide a competing stack, a competing portfolio of applications beyond the applications that otherwise may pose a security risk to data that may be passed by those applications within the workplace. So really, the enterprise application store becomes the way for IT to fight back against all of those other channels through which applications are making their way into the workplace. Very interesting. I was going to ask you if it was a defensive move, and uh, historically, and we want to have time for Dan here, I want to historically ask you, Adrian Drury, from your Ovum perspective, if I may, what was the first company that created an enterprise app store? Do we have that moment in time? Because we know when Apple had their 10 billionth download, but do we know when the first door opened on the first real enterprise app store? Uh, there's some good examples out there. So, um, Cisco has had an app store out there for a while. General Motors has had an app store out there for a while. We've seen some, um, we've seen some finance organizations very interestingly get app stores out there quite early. And the reason why is because, um, and when we talk about finance, we're really here talking about capital markets. So these are environments in which they have a large number of employees who are very early tablet adopters. All of these guys wanted to be able to use their tablets to go and use what was otherwise um, uh, enterprise applications that needed to be very, very secure. Um, and we saw these kind of organizations move early in order to be able to satisfy that employee need, that employee yes. requirement, to use their own device, to use that application store UI model, while at the same time giving IT the ability to deliver a secure set of applications within that kind of user, uh, user framework, user paradigm. And really, we saw that we, we saw those kind of models begin to hit the market, really at the end of last year, beginning of this year. Um, but now we're seeing more and more interest in the enterprise application store, both on the supply side. We're seeing more and more vendors enter this market, but also as businesses go through the stage of having implemented a BYOD strategy, they've put what's called a mobile device management system mm-hmm. in place. So they've got users using their own iOS and Android devices in the workplace. Now they're going to stage two. Now they're beginning to think about, now we've enabled the end user with their device. Let's think about augmenting that, getting more value out of that by getting applications out onto those devices. And that's that's what's really driving the level of interest right now around enterprise applications. Thank you, Adrian. Good insights. And Dan Maloney, last but not least, my friend from SAP, talk to me. You have an intimate knowledge of app stores. What's your perspective on all of this? Sure. Well, well, first of all, I think Adrian and Alan did a great job at setting things up. And, you know, what's really interesting is really over the past several years, it's a lot of the changes that have happened kind of at a macro level that have enabled 
kind of the the rise of you know even the consumer app store and the, the enterprise app store. Um, you know, with uh, obviously with the cloud, the foundation of cloud. You know, every new startup is building. Um, you know, software now leveraging the cloud, delivering more services as opposed to traditional software, maybe even the way that SAP was founded, you know, 40 years ago. Uh, but when you look at cloud, you look at, again, we've obviously talked a lot about mobile, uh, social, um, the new beautiful user experiences. All of these elements together um, have, have really created a, an explosion of applications um, in the marketplace from the consumer world and now really working its way up into the enterprise world. And when you think about that, whether you're talking about, I heard, uh, I think it was Alan talking about device OS stores, product OS uh, stores, enterprise or company stores, all of these things have really come about because of the explosion in literally the number of applications. And it's not just big, uh, you know, heavyweight software companies. It's, you know, mom and pop individual developers now, uh, you know, delivering hundreds and thousands of different or hundreds of thousands of different apps. That, that focus on very finite problems that are, you know, invaluable to us now. It's just become part of what we do. And the only way to distribute, um, and I don't know if it's, it's fighting back, but, you know, giving, you know, whether it's employees in your company or you in your personal life, giving you an easy way to access this and search it and, and have a better experience, um, it's not just about creating beautiful apps. It's about, you know, making a better experience about how to get your hands on these apps, et cetera. So that's really where, you know, I think because of the changes in the, the macro environment, the technologies, that's kind of given risen to, in a sense, this kind of new channel or distribution mechanism or even sales channel. Thank you very much. I think we've got a good level setting here on what we're talking about in terms of this segue, this paradigm shift from, hey, I have this really cool device. I'm going to bring it to work. I'm going to let them know that I expect to be working on it. I want them to give me a way to bring it in, but how are they going to protect from the company side the information that goes out of the walls on my device, and how are they going to empower me to do my job better, more efficiently, and have what I think Dan described as a beautiful user experience. We're going to talk more about that, the culture of the beautiful user experience, mobility, and I want to know a lot more about how the app stores actually work. Do you get a catalog? Do you go shopping? I want to go and shop the cloud by the time I'm done with the show today. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to In the Cloud with Game Changers. My superbly interesting and very smart guests are Alan Lepofsky from Constellation, Adrian Drury from Ovum, and Dan Maloney from SAP. We have a lot more, and thank you to our tweeters. Alan, you're talking and tweeting at the same time. I love it. A guy after my own heart. Greg Chase is tweeting. Malcolm Kimberlin is tweeting. And we're thrilled to have a guest tweeter today, Ray Wong. Ray, welcome back. Even if you're not on the show, you're with us in spirit. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that mouse or however you're listening to us. Justin, take it away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. 
Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. And welcome back. I'm going to ask my guest to do a little tutorial for me as somebody who is new to App Store concept other than having an iPad, an iPhone. I actually have two iPhones and somebody's is ringing in the background. So, Alan, Alan from Constellation, and uh, thank you for coming to us by way of Ray Wong, who has been on the show several times, and he sends us wonderful people, as you are. So, Alan, give me a little background on how does somebody enter the, open the door to the app store and know what are they looking for? Is there a guide, a manual? Is there a catalog? How does it work? Sure. So at the start, as I mentioned, there's usually three types of app stores. There's the ones for your device, there's the ones for the product, and then there's ones that your company's giving you. For mm-hmm. the sake of brevity, let me just focus on the second one for a minute, because I think that's maybe where I differ from, from some of the other presenters. And let's talk about I'm inside a product that I'm using. So I'm inside my intranet or I'm in my collaboration tool. And whichever product that happens to be, whether it's SAPs or Cisco's or Jive's, you know, I'm in the product and usually there's a little button that says, you know, add from catalog or add feature or sometimes it just says tools. And you click on it and it will bring you up to this, you know, hopefully very visually pleasing user interface that has a pretty icon and a description of what that tool does. And it allows you to, in one click, you know, just use your mouse and instantly upgrade the piece of software that you're using. So say your, you know, your blog tool all of a sudden you want to add a shopping cart to it or something. You don't have to be a developer. You don't have to know how to do that. You just click, and it adds that feature. Now, what's important to me and what I help uh, deal with these vendors is how do you add the social features to that? Mm-hmm. If there's a 100 things in your catalog, how do you know which ones are popular? How do you know which ones are important? How do you know which ones the most people that in, are in your network are using? It's, it's very different than the, IB, or the Apple App Store where you go and you can look at, of the hundred millions of users out there, here are the most popular, and you know here's uh, Angry Birds, and everybody's using it. At mm-hmm. work, it's very, very different. If I'm a salesperson, I need to know what the most important ads, add-ons are for my sales job. So there's a lot of considerations that the users have to do, uh, or that the vendors have to do, to make app stores for the enterprise that are considerably different than what they have to do when they make them for consumers. 
You know, speaking of consumers, Alan, you raised a, an idea came to mind. I'm thinking if I walk into Macy's and I want to know, I want to buy, let's say, a shirt for, for a man. And I'm thinking, what is the most popular? What would he think? Wow, what a cool gift. I might find something and ask it to have it in his size. And they might say, oh, we sold out. And I think, wow, that must be really popular. So with hard goods, there's a question of supply and demand. So I'm going to ask a really silly question. Do we ever run out of the availability of an app? Does it, is it ever off the shelf? And I know the answer, but but interesting question is, do you ever run out? Well, it's an excellent question. So technically, the ones and zeros that make up the software don't run out, but that's a significant part of what enterprise application stores have to consider is licensing models. So if I work Ah. for a company of 10,000 people and we've bought 100 licenses of some add-on application, the app store inside my company needs to know that. So if we're adding a sales tool and, you know, I'm the 101th person to want that tool, then I, I can't add it or I need to be able to add it and figure out the billing model. And in our consumer lives, we all just, you know, keep clicking and adding 99 cents to our iTunes purchases. Right. Well, employers aren't going to want their people doing that at work. So figuring out licensing, shifting licenses between people, buying bulk licensing, you know, that is a very, very serious consideration for enterprise application stores. So great question, Bonnie. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I try. I want to turn to Adrian Drury. Adrian, you, you said in the information you sent me before the show, the Enterprise App Store provides an opportunity for IT to curate and distribute a controlled portfolio of apps rather than rely on third-party distribution channels. So talk to me about this curation. I know you also believe strongly that the Enterprise App Store is a valuable concept for the CIO. So we've got the CIO, we've got the IT. What, what are you thinking on in terms of the control aspects, the management, and guiding people to what you think they need to do for their jobs. Talk to me. Yeah, that's the so the the idea of the enterprise app store provides you know, the IT department to provide effectively a catalog of recommended applications mm-hmm. that employees should be using. Um, and by recommended applications, these are applications that are going to be supported by the IT department you know, that are considered to be sufficiently secure to be able to go to pause and manage enterprise data, yep, or potentially it's an application that has been customized, has been integrated in some way yep, with enterprise systems. But these are um, displayed, these are presented to the user yep, inside that classic app store environment yep, where you've got small square icons fundamentally yep, you know, in a nice grid, grid pattern yep, in a kind of way that we've all become used to Yep, thanks for the learning experience of us using app stores on iOS and Android devices. But fundamentally, as I was saying before, this is a way for your IT to be able to go and present effectively the portfolio of applications yep, that they have invested in provisioning for their employees yep, and mm-hmm. enabling their employees to go and discover the applications through this channel. And the the alternative is that, and again, as Alan was saying, that you have your employees going discovering productivity-related applications through um, the Apple App Store or through the Android App Store on mobile de- um, on uh, smartphone devices. Now, through the Apple App Store, that is an issue in that employees effectively have free range to be able to select, discover. Yeah, from you know the millions of applications out there, it's very difficult for them to go find the right thing that they should be using 
you know, to do their job properly. They, maybe they need a little guidance. So, but in the Android store, it's even worse because mm. there are very few controls about publishing applications into the Android App Store, and that creates opportunities for malicious parties to publish what we call phishing applications, malware uh-huh. applications, that are designed to deliberately to go and misuse uh, corporate data, to go and capture your sensitive details, and to be able to do something um, illegal with that kind of information. So really, in order to go and protect your employees or provide them with a safe environment in which to go and discover and uh, select the kind of applications they should be looking at day-to-day, yep, the Enterprise App Store provides that kind of environment. These are curated, sanitized, health-checked portfolio of applications vetted by the IT department and effectively marketed by the IT department yep, through to their employees. Yep, and that's why it's a really useful tool, not just for IT, yep, but also for the CIO because it's a really useful tool for him to be able to manage distributed innovation yep, and self-selection of applications throughout line of business in the organization. Thank you, Adrian. I want to bring in Dan Maloney from SAP. Dan, you, you sent me a statement that says the Enterprise App Store is different from iTunes. Tell me about that. I believe it's along the same lines Adrian has been talking about. So why don't you continue this? Yeah, that's right. And, and again, Adrian and Alan are, are, are kind of right on point here. And, and of course, you know, Apple, I mean, built a great uh, consumer uh, app store focused around specifically their device. Obviously, when you're on the Apple App Store or iTunes, you're actually um, only getting applications that are specific to that device or often even in product uh, app stores. You're getting normally uh, solutions either from that vendor or their ecosystem around that. When you flip it on its head and don't look at it from a vendor uh, perspective and you look at it from a customer perspective, um, a customer might be you know, using multiple devices within their uh, environment. So employees might have uh, you know, Apple devices, Android devices. So yes, they still have their, you know, classic PC, their laptops, or other internet or cloud services that they need. Um, they might be developing their own apps um, that might be for a device OS like Apple or for Android, but they don't want to put them up in the public marketplaces, so they need a place where they can curate their own solutions. So when you think about it from a company store, it's really often less about, you know, the discovery, evaluation, and buying of a solution, and it's more of the uh, discovery, evaluation, recommending, and, and uh, pulling down those solutions. But often the, the procurement or purchasing is often happening up at a, you know, kind of at an IT level or a higher level of the business unit or something along those lines. So that, that company store has to worry about things that, you know, Adrian was just talking about, security, um, mm-hmm. applications that have been certified, you know, uh, solutions that are available across device OS, um, does this solution work? Is there like a compatibility check that will say this application works, for example, with my SAP installation that I have or my other vendors that I have in there? Mm-hmm. Um, and really, again, even if they're uh, looking for a solution that, that isn't there within their actual company store, can solutions that are, you know, productivity apps that might be available from Apple or others be curated down into the store to provide them that one-stop shop so really, it, like I said, from the, the company or enterprise app store, it really flips the paradigm on the head and looks at it from that specific customer and, and talks in language and paradigms and taxonomy specific to them, not, you know, if you go to the Apple App Store and look under business and then you just see a grouping of, you know, 100,000 apps underneath business. This might be Coca-Cola, very concerned about food and beverage and specifically bottling in Latin America and what solutions are available for them. 
Interesting. I have a question I'm going to throw out. I think we have about two minutes left till our halfway break. It does go faster when you're having fun, and I want to thank my three guests. You're certainly keeping this lively, and you're keeping me interested, and we have a lot of tweeters today, which is a good sign. My question to anybody who wants to answer it is, which came first, the app or the need for the app? So, in other words, who decides what's going to be developed that will get to make it to the so-called shelf or the virtual shelf in the enterprise app store? Is it a developer knocking on the door, an inside person, outside person of a particular company and saying, I think this is going to be the next thing your people need, let me develop it? Or is it the employees knocking on the door of IT and saying, hello, Mr. CIO, we, or Ms. CIO, excuse me, we need this, and when are you going to have it ready for us in the App Store? So which came first? Who wants to take this? Sure, I'll have a quick crack at that. I think okay. one of the fascinating things we're seeing about the cloud model and the, emerg- uh, you know, and the growth of SaaS is uh, more and more um, enterprise application uh, vendors, so if you like guys coming from the supply side of the market, exploiting app stores to distribute what we call freemium versions of their products. Mm-hmm. So making it very easy for um, employees, for consumers, yep, because ultimately they're the same person, right? Yep, to be yep. able to go and suck it in tea for free, yep, by just going and downloading the, a, a version of the service in application format through an app store. That we're seeing guys like Box, we're seeing guys like from the enterprise social networking space try this. We're seeing guys like this is how Skype has made it into the enterprise. Yep. And this wave of, if you like, free-to-use applications yep, that have a premium paid element, when it, they gain a certain level of traction in the enterprise, that's creating the real supply-side effect here. So in answer to your question, I think you know, it's, the, it's, it's the app that comes first, and that creates the need. But obviously, the app is designed around identification that there is ultimately a need from the end user. Thank you, Adrian. And that wraps up our first half. You're listening to In the Cloud with Game Changers. When we come back, I want to talk a little more about this evolution of the App Store. And I have a quote here from CIO.com on April 25th in an article by Shane O'Neill. I think I recognize that name. The topic was, is 2012 the year? App stores will break out in the enterprise. We have lots more to discuss with my special guests, Alan Lepofsky, Adrian Drury, Dan Maloney, and I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, I still am. And we'll be right back after the half. Don't even think of touching that mouse. And thank you to Rachel for your tweets. We appreciate it. Stay tuned. There's lots more. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
are In the Cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. So I just read a headline from CIO.com. Is 2012 the year apps stores will break out in the enterprise? Let's hear from Dan Maloney. What's your POV on this, Dan? What's the latest from your perspective? Yeah, well, you know, I, I can speak from my personal perspective. And, and here at SAP, the, the answer is, is a resounding yes. Um, we, we've obviously been very focused on our SAP store and getting that out to the market, which allows our customers to, uh, you know, discover and evaluate solutions from SAP and our ecosystem. But even more so, we've taken it now into this concept we were just talking about before the break of the company store. So if you're kind of looking at SAP as, as a indicator in the market, uh, that's a definite, you know, uh, like I said, resounding yes. But really we're seeing many different companies um, that are coming into this from many different angles, from mobile device management, mobile application management vendors, uh, other software vendors. And really what I would say when we got started on this venture several years ago, it was kind of, you know, some of those crazy guys in SAP with a radical idea. Nowadays we're on, you know, radio shows and other discussions and having, you know, great, uh, you know, detailed discussions with analysts about this topic. And I really think 2012 is the year it's, it's really become much more mainstream. And we owe a lot of that success to, you know, the Apples and the Googles of the world and the consumer world. And then, of course, that pressure moving upstream into the, you know, the mid and large enterprise. Alan, what do you think? Agree? Disagree? Is this the year? Well, I'll, I'll, uh, for, the, for the fun of radio, I'll take a little bit of a contrarian approach. I think tw- 2012, uh, 2011 even, and, and into now, we're about halfway through 2012, I think there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of hype around it, and people are getting used to it and getting accustomed to it. On mobile devices, I think we're going to see a lot of penetration starting either now or through the end of the year. But I think as far as full company rollouts, augmenting their intranets, you know, really having big corporate users understand that this is the way they're going to get access to applications is still a little bit slow to happen. I think it's the, the IT buyers and the decision makers are working with vendors such as SAP and analysts such as those of us on the call right now, mm-hmm. and they're getting those plans in place. But I, I, I don't think we're going to see lots and lots of case studies. There are already a couple really good ones out there, and there's been some tweets talking about a few of them, like General Motors. I know Coca-Cola internally has a very good one. IBM, regardless of it being a, a software vendor, just as a big company, for example, there's been press around IBM's Whirlwind, uh, I believe is the name of their internal app store that their employees use. So I think there are cases, but I think maybe 2013 we're going to start to have a lot more solid use cases. Okay. Adrian, I know you want to chime in on this. We, we haven't gotten to our crystal ball segment at the end where we predict, but we're just talking about this year. Adrian, is this the big year or is it, is it the start of a flow that's going to peak somewhere else? What do you think? I think I kind of agree with Alan on the timing here. I think this is a year where people are getting excited about the potential of the enterprise app store model yep, as a distribution channel for enterprise apps. Um, I think there's probably more excitement about it on the vendor side than there is, if you like, on the enterprise IT side. 
And I don't think we see any actual line of business users, users jumping up and down saying, please give me an enterprise application store at the moment. They're jumping up and down saying, please just enable me to use my iPad, Android phone, and let me use the app store that I know and love on that device as the way I select my apps. And I think that's the one note of caution I'd like to sort of introduce into this discussion is that We've seen a ton of guys try to introduce rival application environments, application store distribution environments, yep, onto Android, onto iOS via HTML5, sort of uh, web-delivered uh, web apps. And the kind of businesses that have been doing that today are the kind of guys that should really know how to do it. So telecoms operators, yep, the device manufacturers themselves, the so guys like Samsung and LG. And each time these guys blow out, you know, they don't make it work. And that is because the native application stores baked into the OS are the place where people like to go, and they like to go in volume. And that, you know, if we come back to the basic principle of what an enterprise application store is, it's meant to be a way that allows IT, if you like, to fight back against the native application stores on these devices and the distribution channels for applications on these devices. And if IT isn't able to successfully compete with the enterprise application store model against the native application stores, the Android application store, the Apple App Store, then the value of the enterprise application store will diminish pretty quickly. Yep. And we're back we're back to square one again, yet where we have to think about smart ways of going distributing secure packaged enterprise application stores through those in native application store environments. So that's the, that's the note of caution that I'm sounding, yeah, and that's the proof point that we still haven't yet seen, and I think we're going to see that wash out more and more um, in 2012 and into 2013, but we need, we need to see that proof point before this, um, the enterprise application store hits some serious scale. Thank you. And I want to go back to the word rate. We talked about, in the beginning, Alan and I were talking about how do people find out and how do you know what apps are they the popular ones? Are they the one your IT department, your CIO says everybody needs this on your tablet and we're going to be doing something with it? Are they related to a particular solution the company is using that's mandatory to do your job? I want to talk about a rating system. I think we talked about popularity, but how do you rate an app in the app store? Is there is it like a Zagat listing where people write in and say, oh, the food was delicious, the concierge was great, and, and uh, I left a tip, and my God, I got a free bottle of champagne delivered to my car the next morning. How, how do you, how do they rate these? Is it, it was like uh, anybody old enough like me to remember Dick, the late, recently late Dick Clark, uh, he used to have a play record, and he would say, is it danceable? And people would dance and say, yes, I'll give you a number on a scale of, I don't know, one to ten, this is good dance music. So how do you rate the danceability, if you pardon me, that terrible poetic license, <laughs> of an app in the App Store? Is it is it is it as fun? Is it it's easy? Is it it's it's secure? That it's shareable? That it works the way it's supposed to? That it has a low learning curve? How do you rate? I've said enough. Who wants to jump in on this? <laughs> uh, this is Alan. I'll happily jump in on that. I think you, you, you did answer many of the parts of it. So um, you know the usability of the and functionality certainly are the key aspects of it. Hopefully, anything that it's worked its way into an enterprise application store has already been approved by the IT department and tested by the IT department that it works. So you're not going to look at is it easy to install, 
so it's a little bit different than when I say, oh, here are four different games that do, I don't know, race car games on my iPad. Let me play with each one of them and then delete three and just end up with one. Enterprise application stores are already going to be pre-vetted pretty much before they work their way into the company. Uh, any organization isn't going to say, here's four different CRM choices or here's four different marketing applications and you have to choose them. So what's more important than voting for them or saying which ones you like is the notification that you're using it. So it's not that I give it a 1 or a 10 or a star or no star or a thumbs up, but it's when I install it, how do I let my colleagues know that I've done that? So it's not that I like it or not, but it's that I'm starting to use it. So what a lot of these tools are starting to do is broadcast into companies' activity streams or in their, you know, on the homepage of their intranet. Alan has just started using this application. You may want to do so as well. Click this button. So, you know, maybe sometimes it'll be broadcast into email, but we don't want to talk about the usage of email. We want to do more social things. So if I install an app and I like it, I want my team to know about it. And that's what we're seeing in these enterprise application stores. Yeah. Thank you. And, and if I yeah. can comment, this is Dan uh, coming on down there. You know, I, I think you're right. There, There is this pre-vetting. And in most cases, especially something like a CRM, you know, normally a company will have one CRM enterprise-wide. Now, there might be things like three different apps to get uh, something like timesheets approved. And, you know, it's it's your preference and so on. One of the things that, that we look for in an app store that we have internally is I'm often looking for, kind of as Alan referred to, um, who's using it. Is this somebody that I already respect mm-hmm. or their reputation? So it's not only the activity stream, but often kind of a reputation uh, kind of being built internally of, you know, people that do actually utilize these apps that I know. And also we do have people that actually commonly provide feedback. So I think you'll see some type of, of it's not exactly the Amazon or the Apple, you know, ratings of, you know, quick five stars or three stars and, mm-hmm. hey, this, this game was lots of fun, you should try it. It gets much more into, you know, um, knowing who it is, knowing the usage of that app because that will often say how, you know, uh, loved by the company it is. And then, by the way, do they have any comments or improvements for the app that they almost want to send back to the broader audience? So I think that that aspect of social and reputation um, is it, still going to be very critical inside that company store. Alan, what this brings to mind is you shared with me recently your SlideShare.net very popular presentation that landed you, what, a couple thousand comments and responses within the first 24 hours. I hope I'm not messing up the statistics on this, but it was beautiful, and it's called Surviving Social Fatigue. And here, whoever just was speaking telling me that that we're using a rating, not a rating system, but a share system to say Bob or Mary or John or, or Alan and Adrian and Dan are using this app and spreading the word socially. So is this going to contribute? I know this is off topic, but forgive me. We have two minutes till the end of this segment. Is this off topic or is this social fatigue something that this is going to add to in terms of the, the shift in corporate culture today? No, I, I think it's definitely on target. And so the, the, the short version of what the social fatigue was talked about is, are we over-broadcasting and over-sharing where employees get to work and you know want to do their jobs? Are vendors... Yes overhyping social compared to what employees really actually want. And in this case, we are talking about a real business need. You know, I'm not going to go into my enterprise app store and share, and I hate to keep picking on them as the example, but angry birds, you know, for the enterprise. I am going to go in and share, hey, I'm using this new, you know, marketing automation tool. And I don't think that's something that's going to overload or anger my coworkers because hopefully that's a tool that's going to help them get their job done. 
Interesting. I got a tweet from Greg Chase here who says he's not hearing anybody talking about the fact that enterprise app stores require mature infrastructure in place. I can give somebody 30 seconds on this who wants to take it. Agree? Disagree? Dan, why don't you go with this? Yeah, and and I think the question was about you need a mature infrastructure in place? Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, again, there's many different facets of what an enterprise app store is. So you're right. As you make this complete app store that handles everything from your PC uh, applications, your, your uh, your mobile applications and all these elements, yes, there's no doubt that underneath that enterprise app store, there are many elements that pull in the, the you know, the, the downloadability of things, making sure the compatibility checks, these apps are certified and so on. And I absolutely agree that most companies today, I would say many companies already have an app store in place, but it's kind of a hodgepodge of what they've put together using something like a SharePoint or an SAP Enterprise Portal or something along these lines. That's now what the next generation that I think we're talking about here is, that mature infrastructure, that uh, environment is all built into that enterprise app store to enable um, a lot of the complexities to be hidden and just make it beautiful and simple for the uh, employee at the end of the day. Beautiful and simple sounds good. And I have a beautiful and simple solution for that we're at the end of this segment. And I'm beautifully and simply going to say we're taking a break. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is In the Cloud with Game Changers. What a great conversation. And I have to say we have more tweeters today on the show talking about what you're talking about than we've had on any show so far. We've got Sona and we've got Greg and Benjamin and you pick and Malcolm and Alan, of course, and Rachel. And uh, we also have Ray. So thank you all for joining the show via tweet. This is very exciting. We'll be right back with our last segment, and you know what that is if you've been listening. It's called Crystal Ball. I'll be asking Dan, Adrian, and Alan to look ahead five years. Let's see if they can even go that far. You're listening to In the Cloud with Game Changers. Come back for the last segment. You don't want to miss this. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. 
We are in the cloud, and we're definitely with Game Changers today. So let's do our crystal ball segment. We're going to look ahead five years, and I will sit corrected if some of my guests, one or more, say, I can't look ahead five years. That's way too long for app stores. We've been talking in depth about 2012 being the year for enterprise app stores. So Alan Lepofsky, Constellation, why don't you take this first? And what do you see looking ahead? Can you go five years? Is that reasonable? <laughs> well, yeah, I'll, I'll be the naysayer right away and say, no, nobody can predict. In, in IT, five years is, is a lifetime. So let's do the next, you know, two or three years. Like, what are some of the next big changes that are going to happen in app stores? And I'm actually going to call upon uh, some ideas from one of my, my colleagues at Constellation Research, um, Charles Brett, who wrote about mobile applications. And one of the issues we have with them in many cases today is the portability across the various devices that you have. So we've talked about device, you know, apps on mobile or apps on your intranet. None of us thus far on the call have really talked about, well, what if I want to access that same application and the same data across multiple of them? And that's an area where today some of the applications are a little bit limiting. You have to install them multiple times. Your preferences mm-hmm. have to be set different ways. The data may not travel across all of them. Uh, and the licensing may not travel across all of them. So I think one of the areas that many of these tools is, are going to work on because um, it's just it's just logistics. It's not there's no magic behind making that work. But I just think it's it's a new area. Um, so if I you know lose my iPhone and when I tr- decide to get a new phone, how do I get all of those applications I was using onto my Android device? You know if I choose to switch the switch carriers or switch devices. You know right now it's very dependent on the OS you use and the device you use, and I can't back up my iPhone and reinstall it onto an Android. Um, so I think there's mm-hmm. there's got to be some work in the, the near future to do that, to make sure that on my web browser, on my intranet, that I get the same applications there that I get when I have that mobile experience. So let me just, I'll kind of leave it at that one and say, you know, my prediction is one of the next big things they're going to work on is cross-identity, cross-device, cross-platform use of applications. Thank you very much. And let's turn to Ovum's Adrian Drury. And Adrian, I have a little note here from you that your colleague Ian Charlesworth, whom I've met over the phone, asked the question, with U.S. Independence Day around the corner, and that's July 4th next week, in case anybody's not aware, uh, it's too good an opportunity to pass up to debate whether BYOD, bring your own device, and enterprise app stores herald a long-awaited Independence Day for corporate computing. You can add to that as part of your prediction, Adrian, whatever you want to do, but I just uh, did want to... Uh, Acknowledge Ian, so thank you for that, Adrian. Your turn. Yeah, I think I think my reply to that that you know maybe yeah actually the enterprise application <laughs> store is sort of the fight back after the Boston Tea Party of BYOD. Really, I think it's probably the other way around. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you know the you know the, the interesting thing for you know the enterprise application store model is. They're going to be whether it really does take off in scale, whether the idea of having um, an enterprise portal for applications is something that is going to work as a user experience that people want, um, and also mm-hmm. that it works, that it um, operates as a um, part of a standalone experience. So uh, as Alan was saying earlier, you're another way of distributing applications is effectively as a store inside another application so there's an interesting question for us whether the model exists as a standalone concept or whether it becomes buried in something that looks like maybe your you know, enterprise social networking platform, for example, and whether actually that kind of functionality 
that goes and gets buried within that kind of solution. Um, to the point about having uh, with the same application operating across multiple devices, um, yeah, so platform fragmentation will continue to be a problem in the mobile space. Um, it's a real problem today uh, for just device management just because you just simply don't have the same APIs available on different devices, so it's hard to enforce the same kind of security policies um, mm -hmm. on between, let's say, Android, iOS, or BlackBerry devices. Um, but... Yeah, absolutely. You know, we will see an emphasis, on, obviously, on, on, on cross-platform um, functionality. Um, I also think we're going to see um, a move towards a persona-based approach uh, to application access entitlement um, on smartphone devices. At the heart of this problem is the idea that we have a single technical identity attached to our device, yet, but also that applies to us when we have in different personas. and we have a persona at work, and we have a persona you know, mm. in, as a consumer or outside work. And as a result, we'll have technical ways of, of um, moving between different personas on that mobile device, which will um, provide different sets of um, access uh, permissions, if you like, to different applications, data, um, and security profiles on those devices. And uh, we expect to see more of that begin to come down the pipe in 2013. Thank you, Adrian. Very, very interesting, the idea of personas. Okay, let's turn to Dan Maloney at SAP. What do you see going forward? Can you go five years, or is that still too long? Well, I mean, I think sometimes inside SAP we have to do our five-year business plans, but I think it's, mm -hmm. it's a little bit harder to predict the, uh, you know, five years out there. And as, as the gentlemen are saying, this is a very uh, uh, rapidly growing, and if you think about it from a time frame point of view, a very uh, early stage um, technology that's coming to the market. Just with mobile, cloud, enterprise app stores, these things kind of uh, being relatively new as far as the IT industry. So, you know, what I'd like to say, I mean, something that I often talk about um, with, with my company here internally as well as externally is, is I actually believe that this concept of app stores or even as we, we call them sometimes the e-channels, um, electronic channels, will be, mm -hmm. continue to be much more uh, pervasive and spreading throughout the market over the next several years. I mean, right now, you know, that we've talked about this device OS product and company-specific stores. I mean, every company now is looking at itself from, you know, whether it's using it for internal purposes or even using do they need to have, a, in a sense, a, a app store for themselves to reach their customers. So companies are now looking at this from an enterprise point of view and saying, you know, some have a pretty good view on what they want to do, and others are saying, hey, let's start experimenting here. And whether it's a separate store, whether it's built into their products, you know, I've spent a lot of time with General Motors, with Audi, with Daimler, um, you know, different automotive companies in the industry. And, I mean, every one of them is looking at, you know, how do we take advantage of a, an app store within our car and our multimedia interface? Um, how do we serve our customers better? So I, I think you'll see over the next several years, it's not about if it's going to make it or not. Now, what physical manifestation the App Store will be, if it's a separate location, if it's embedded just um, within the products, whether it's a software product or, a, like I said, your car or your TV, it'll, mm -hmm. be, it'll continue to grow. And, and I think because of this, um, multiple operating systems, multiple platforms, and so on, that will even cause more of an explosion of applications and thus, you'll, you'll definitely need this concept of an app store to help manage, distribute, and purchase this. Um, ultimately, as things become 
uh, consolidated and, and we, we commoditize things, of course, there might be a shrinkage a little bit. But I think the, the App Store concept is here to stay. Thank you. And you've taken me up to one minute before the end of the show. Perfect timing, Dan. <laughs> Always save right. the best for last. Okay, it's my turn to do some predictions now. I predict that next week will be Independence Day here in the U.S., and I predict that we won't have a live show next Wednesday on Coffee Break, but that we will be replaying our show on Rogue IT. Is IT gone rogue me and my shadow on Thursday for In the Cloud? Because we're taking that day off, too. But coming back live on July 12th here in the Cloud with Game Changers, we'll be talking about the social and Enterprise, the new collaborative business culture in the cloud. And on Wednesday, July 11th, the day before that, on Coffee Break, we'll be talking about risky business. Are risk managers looking for all the wrong risks in all the wrong places? I hear a song coming on. Reminder, send your colleagues to SAPGameChangersRadio.com. They can get a free on us official SAP Coffee Break mug. And I want to thank Patricia Harris, Joan Sherlock, Malcolm Kimberlin, Greg, and everybody who has been tweeting today. It's wonderful. This is Bonnie D. Graham. I want to wish you a game-changing week. Go out and change the game. Thank you to Alan, Adrian, and Dan. Have a great holiday week next week and over and out from In the Cloud. Bye-bye. Thank you again for being part of In the Cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Please join Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. And be sure to tune in to our other program, Coffee Break with Game Changers, every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, also on the Business Channel. Between shows, visit us at www.sapgamechangersradio.com.